the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions in Nashville, Tennessee. This is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life, your money, your relationships, your work. I am John Deloney, joined here by George Campbell, and we are taking your calls on just about everything at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. The call is free. Give us a buzz. Let's go out to uh, Huntington, West Virginia, and talk to Kane. What's up, Kane? How's it going, guys? I'm so happy to be talking to you guys. We are. You are. You're the first Kane either of us have, have ever talked to on the show. It's good to talk to you, man. That's good. And I don't have a horse. Um, Thank you, Kane. That way, Kane knows how I feel about face, horse folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bless I do, you. I do, I, like, I do like horses, Kane, but that's a whole other thing. All right. So, what's up, man? I got a two-part question. I've got. <clears throat> I'm having a little bit of trouble getting my wife on board, and then just I'm I'm letting everything go as my income's just keeping us afloat on everything that we do. I've got some rental properties and stuff, but our mortgage is pretty heavy, and I'm just trying to get a base on what I know. I've heard you tell people before, like you can if you can pay it off, just you know a lot of times you'll tell them to sell the rentals. But uh, I've never heard anybody say that they had rentals that was paid off, you know, versus not being paid off. Normally, they've got mortgages and stuff on them. So I was just trying to get a basis on what. Let's start at the very beginning here. You said you're having a hard time getting your wife on board with what? Um, Just the Ramsey plan in general. I mean, she, she knows that I'm, you know, real apt to just. You know, I, I try to push it on a lot of people between my sister and her and just family members because I know what such a good thing it does for people, and I I try to get it out to the world, you know. So uh, uh, it's not a big secret that I'm a super nerd, okay? That's nobody's. This, that's not for debate. Um, I hide some of the depths of my nerdum, and I'll let you in on some on one of my nerd secrets. Is that cool? Back in the yeah, day, absolutely. I used to have a spreadsheet that I kept, and I went and bought my own glucose um, monitor and uh, my glucose strips, and I would keep my I would keep my blood sugar levels and I'd keep my ketone levels, and I, every month I would try a new fad diet, and I wanted to track and see what was happening in my body and if it worked good and what my weight was and how my energy levels were and all this stuff. It got to the point that my wife every month would say, because she's just awesome, she'd say, what are we this week? Are we raw vegan? Are we keto? What are we doing? And every week I'd read a new book and be like, this is the thing. And I became like... The worst? Yes. I was... Insufferable? I can keep going. Evangelizing to everyone, Kane. You got to be on this diet. It's the best. It's so good. And and one thing I could confirm with 100% accuracy, not a single person was ever ever converted to my diet of the day um, by me evangelizing to them in that way. The only time I've been able to, over the years, um, quote-unquote convince people to change their life is just to show up and keep doing my thing. And they say, hey, you seem to be happier than me. Your marriage looks different than my marriage. You seem Your kids want to be around you more than my kids want to be around us. How do you do in that? So you see what I'm saying, Kane? You're yeah, coming at um, your yeah. wife with a scheme, with a plan. And the fact that you've got a bunch of paid for rental houses, but your house still has, you've always got a thing going, don't you? Oh, 
Absolutely. So you're a guy with a thing. So you come with your wife and you say, hey, I got a new scheme. And she goes, all right, that's there we go. That's different than this. Hey, honey, we owe money and it scares me. And I don't say that word very much because I'm a tough guy from Huntington. But owing other people money scares me. Every month, not knowing how much money we have in in the bank, in this real heavy mortgage, and I'm working as hard as I'm working, and I don't know where we are, and I don't know what you're spending, I don't know what I'm spending, I don't know how much groceries cost. I feel disassociated from my own family, and I'd love to picture you and me in a paid-for vacation home someday, and our kids going to college because we've saved for it. Would you be willing to go on that journey with me? It's a journey of peace and safety. You see how the one's a diff, one's a scheme, and one is I love you so much that you see what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And one of them involves yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. There's a difference. Yeah. So, Kane, have yes. you asked her like, "Hey, what are your goals? What do you want to do?" Yeah, I mean, we're pretty goal oriented, but yeah, I focus. You know, I'm, she's a stay at home mom and watches the boys, so I, I, you know, I want to treat her the best I can and and stuff like that, but. So, I, Kane, I was in the marketing world for many years. And in the marketing world, you always look at customers' pain points or their felt need. And that's how you best reach them with your product or service. So I want you to take that approach with your wife and go, hey, what are her pain points? What is she struggling with right now? And what are the points that touch money? And how can I connect the baby steps to those pain points? And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, my gosh. Yes, I can be a stay-at-home mom and not have to worry about if you're going to be able to make ends meet because we don't have any debt anymore. We have a paid-for house because we sold the rental. It changes the lens in which she looks at this whole plan. And here's a magic way. This is both to you, Kane, and all the men listening. A magic way to add, to find out what your spouse's pain points are is to ask them. Don't go home and announce her pain points to her, Kane, right? Right. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. And if you're going to do the baby steps, we're not going to be <laughs> ish. We got to be all in on this because it's going to show her that you're serious this time and this isn't another scheme and that you're not going to be halfway in and then choose a different plan three months later. I think when she sees that level of intensity and sacrifice and what and the fact that you're doing this for the family and not just because Kane had another harebrained idea, it's going to change the way she looks at this. This conversation starts with you. You. Not telling her, hey, you need to get a babysitter for the kids and I won't take you out. Not that. You find a babysitter, Kane. And you let your wife know, um, I want to take you out and we're going to do something special. And I want you to take her out to somewhere special. And I want you to have a nice journal that you've bought for her um, mm. and hand her a pen. And you have one yourself. And I want you to tell her, one thing we haven't been doing since the kids came along, since uh, we had the rental house here and this rental house there, and we bought this big house, then we've not sat down and dreamed together. And we haven't sat down and planned together. And I don't know what your needs are in this new season. And I want to reimagine what our marriage looks like and start the conversation with this cane. I'm, I'm a schemer. <laughs> as, as the great Vince Neal says, you know I'm a dreamer. You're going to start out with, you know I'm a schemer. And this isn't one of my schemes. This is me wanting to uh, get to know my wife again and get to know our home again. And I want us to plan for the future. And by the way, as a part of this plan, a really big deal for me is that uh, we don't owe anybody anything. And I know that if I don't land this particular job, 
that we're still going to be okay and that you can, like George was mentioning, you can do what you want to at the house. If you want to hire somebody to come home for a couple of days, to come to the house for a couple of days so you can go out and do things, we're good. Yeah. Okay. And on top of that, I'm going to gift you guys Financial Peace University. Watch those lessons with her. You can also start your every dollar budget with that. Hang on the line. Austin will pick up. That's our gift to you. We'll be right back. on your plate a job your home your marriage and your growing family while you're enjoying the present you can't help but think about your future and your finances as you explore your options consider christian Healthcare ministries or chm for your health care their generous maternity program and budget-friendly monthly programs have been a blessing to members welcoming children into their families visit chministries.org budget to see if it's right for you christian Healthcare ministries is a ramsey trusted provider Let me ask you a question. When you think of a millionaire, what kind of job do you picture them having? Is this some kind of high-powered executive position like a VP or a CEO? Is it Dr. John Deloney? Well, here's the thing. Only 15% of millionaires actually have jobs like that. The reality is that the top five careers for millionaires in America are as follows. Engineer, accountant, teacher, manager, and attorney. That's just one of the surprising things our team found out when we conducted the largest study of millionaires ever done. We talked to tens of thousands of millionaires to find out who they are and how they achieve that goal. Our study also made it abundantly clear that to become a millionaire, you've got to invest wisely. And a big part of that is getting good investing advice. You've got to work with an investing pro who can walk with you and teach you about the options that are right for you. Our team recommends trustworthy, vetted investing pros from all over the country. We call them SmartVestor Pros. If you want to get in touch with one in your area, go to RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor and start building wealth today. All right, let's go to Sabrina in Salt Lake City. Let's find There she is. What's up, Sabrina? Hi. Um, I just graduated from college, and I've been staying at my parents' house for the past month. Okay. The thing is that just due to some family differences, I'm going to be moving out. Um, tomorrow to my boyfriend's parents' house. They've given me a really big blessing um, until I find my own place. How exactly do I prepare to leave um, there? And I guess, how long should I be staying there? Because they, they obviously told me I can live forever, but that's not the case. You know? Sure. What happened at your home? Just some family differences. Like, they didn't like, um, there's like no drugs or alcohol or anything. They just didn't like the way that um, I was doing things in life and yeah. Okay. Um, so I think in number one, um, I'm proud of you for being an adult and saying it's time for me to go and you're not on the air throwing grenades and they're the worst, whatever. Like you're, you're actually sounding pretty grown up. Like we have some differences and I'm moving on and that's called the boundary. And so good for you. Um, as for your boyfriend's parents' house, good on them for seeing somebody in need and saying, hey, you're welcome to be here. Um, the I think you are very, very wise to not take the, you can just stay here forever. Like, ah, no, I can't. 
And so here's what I think would be uh, help make this interaction um, successful. I would come up with a date, three months, four months, and say, uh, sit down with them and say, what are, uh, I'm moving into your home. What are the rules here? Do you want me home at a certain time? Do you want me, um, work? what can I do to help around here? And they're going to say, nothing, nothing. And I think it's important for you to say, no, I'm going to do something. I'm going to participate in the life of this home. Um, are you going to pay rent, pay a hundred bucks, pay 200 bucks, pay something small? Um, the year before I got married, when I was saving up money, I moved in with a friend's parents and um, I paid a small amount of rent, but it was important for everybody that I had some skin in that game. And um, we had a very clear exit date. This is when this is going to, this is when this time, this is when I'm going to be out. And it puts you on the hot seat to save some money, work some side hustles, to do whatever you got to do to go get your own apartment. And also it left everything clear, right? So I would go in and just have a direct conversation about their values, what what you can do to help around the house. And let's go ahead and put an end date on paper. It may be that four months come and go pretty quick. And then this guy... Um, you're a fiance suddenly. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stay another five months or something until, but let's at least get um, a preliminary date on the books that we all shake hands and agree. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So Sabrina, you said you graduated. Are you working right now? Um, no, my job starts in October. That's kind of the big thing here. Cause like, I just don't, I mean, like I, I'm going to get a job at Target starting Monday. Um, but yeah. So you'll have some I'm income. I'm planning on chilling. What, what will you be yeah, making at Target? Um, 17 an hour. Okay. I want you to put as much of that away in savings as possible to take advantage of this uh, amazing blessing where you're not paying market rate rent for a while. That's going to set you up really nicely when you enter this full-time job. Is it already set up? You've accepted an offer? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What kind of job is it? Um, software engineering. Oh, fantastic. Do you know the starting pay? Yeah, um, it's 105. That's kind of the thing. Like I'm set like once I'm like once I get my first paycheck or like like the first couple of paychecks in. But so what if we said, hey, I'm going to live here until I start this full time job and I'm going to immediately move out and rent somewhere either on my own or if I can't afford it, I'm going to find a roommate. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I love it. That's what I was thinking. Sabrina, let me, me, I'm going to push on one thing you said, okay? You said, um, I got this great job starting in October, but I was planning on chilling between now and October. A recipe for relational mess, a recipe for mental health distress is this idea that I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to quote unquote chill. Okay. The second thing is you made a very grown up decision to leave your parents' house. Sounds like it was the right decision for you, but Sometimes we have plans. I'm going to go on vacation and then suddenly I lose our job or I'm going to do this thing and then the world shifts underneath us. And you had this plan where between August and October, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of lay low because I got this awesome job. I'm going to work at Target a few hours a week. It's going to be cool. You made a grown up decision to step out. And that means you probably cashed in the idea that I was just going to be chilling. So my recommendation to you is, yes, you keep that job at Target, but you also get another job at Starbucks in the evenings, or you also drive in the evenings too. For the next August, September, I want you to work pretty tough. Get after yourself a little bit. Save some money so that October, when you start this new job, you can move into your new place and be ready to rock and roll. The other thing, George, I see this happen a lot, is people sign an agreement for several months in advance, and they think everything's going to be 
great. If there's cutbacks to be made in some of these mm-hmm. companies, they start with the people who haven't started working here yet, right? And that's the one of that the That happened to me out of college. Okay. I spent all summer banking on this job. I thought I was a shoe in They were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I interviewed. And then the very end of the summer, they sent me an email that was like, unfortunately, we have found that you are not a fit that's for this right. position. And I was just flabbergasted because right. I had stayed in this place chilling all summer going, <laughs> I got this first full-time job. It's going to be great. And then I was scrambling. That's right. So you got to kind of plan for the plan to not go to plan. Always plan for the plan to not go to plan. Without putting yourself in paranoia. Yes, yes, yes. And negativity. I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a delicate balance, John. You, a, you have found the balance. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have... I don't know. All right, let's go to Rebecca in Wisconsin. What's up, Rebecca? Hi, thank you guys so much for taking my call. You bet. Hey, we're up against the clock, so get right to the question. Okay. So I just got engaged three weeks ago. Ooh. I'm on baby step two, and my fiance just started reading Dave Ramsey as well. I am wondering, I have $5,000 left of baby step two. Do I put a pause on baby step two and save up for the wedding, or do I do both simultaneously? Well, are the options we go into debt for the wedding in order to pay off no. the other debt? Nope. Okay. So could we continue paying off the debt and still cash flow a wedding and make it $5,000 cheaper? Is that an option? I think so. I think that's a cool plan, but worst case, yeah, I don't want you going into debt for the weddings. If that means paying minimum payments on our debt for a few more months, I'm okay with that because I don't want you to, you know, continue bleeding here going further into debt. But I love the plan of saying, hey, how can we continue this intensity so that we can start our marriage off completely debt free and cash flow a wedding and the flowers that we would have paid $3,000 for, they would have died in four hours anyways. We won't miss them. <laughs> right? We had, we had our friends. very strict on his budget. So yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you have a budget for the wedding? Yes. 15000 Cool. And how much, how close are you to paying that in cash flow? Um, we cash cash flowing i'm a thousand short my fiance has his okay so you're saying we're a thousand short so it's not really going to affect your debt payoff plan then not exactly that's why i didn't know if i should just put a hold for two months and just keep saving it up that way my whole wedding is paid for and then i how about this let's let's get intense about getting this cash flow wedding once that money's sitting there let's go after the debt and see if we can pay it off by the wedding as a personal challenge and let's have one more personal challenge let's have a little bit of fun want you and your fiance to go out on a date and see if you can get this $15,000 wedding to $12,500. Ooh. See if you can cut it. Start negotiating. Say, I'll pay this vendor in cash. We're going to cut this person a check. They're giving us 400 bucks back here. We're going to have Aunt Sally make the cake. We're going to do something. We're going to get it on a 12 5 We're going to take that money and get that debt paid Aunt off. Aunt Sally makes a great cake. Good point. A great cake. This is The Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined by my good friend George Campbell. Let's go out to Regina in San Antonio, Texas. What's up, Regina? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Great, huge fan of the show. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet, we're a huge fan of yours. What's up? So I'm currently working for a retail company. I've been working here for about four, going on five years. They've been really good to me. They have 180 hours of PTO. They have insurance benefits. They have free therapy sessions for their employees. Um, and 
I currently got an offer for another job. Now, this retail job it is not necessarily in my field. I've been doing customer service the entire time. Um, and this new job is a marketing coordinator with a nonprofit, which is awesome. However, they have only 80 hours of PTO, um, but they do have like other good benefits. They do 6% match and the 403B, I think it is. And uh, they also have um, paid, uh, what do you call it, holidays from Christmas to New Year's Eve. But it's a $5,000 decrease in my income. So I'm a little torn just because I've been so loyal to you know, this company that I'm with right now. And I'm currently working in corporate since November. So I was hoping to grow with the company, but it's a little slower than I've expected. But this nonprofit's giving me an opportunity to be in my field of marketing. And I recently just got my MBA. So... I've been kind of struggling on trying to find a job in the field. Is this new position going to get you closer to what you see yourself doing three to five years from now? Yes, because of the experience that I'd be gaining. I'm just, I've set myself up, I guess, to live the current salary that I live. Um, but So here's what I'll tell you. In my personal life, on multiple occasions, I've taken a pay cut to go from a job um, that I was either through with or was um, doing great with to a, another job that I was going to do even better or that had a higher upside to it or I was going to learn some new skills. Multiple mm-hmm. times, 100%, every time I've done that, it's paid itself off in the long run, both in my life because my life was better and financially, mm-hmm. just, just the math. Um, it sounds like you are willing to trade being miserable um, and not being frustrated at work for a lifestyle that you've set up that's a couple hundred dollars a month more than um, like you, you see what I'm saying seems like a strange mm-hmm. trade to me talk to me about that I guess it's because like with the current company I have they give us the free therapy sessions and I utilize those you know just to stay on top of my mental health mm-hmm. And I mean, the you're at a job that you don't want to be yet. And so then you, <laughs> but they cover the therapy. You go to their benefits. Okay. Take the benefits off the table for a second. Yeah. Which job do you want? What lights you up when you think about doing that for eight hours a day? I mean, honestly, it'd be really fun to be in like working with a nonprofit as a marketing coordinator. That sounds like the dream and the next step. However, I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm so used to being with this retailer company and like now that I've had the corporate opportunity, I'm that's it. making a decision because you're used to it is a terrible filter for making a decision. Yes. You are trying to make this about vacation. It's not, you're just scared and that's okay. I was (laughs) a dean of students at a billion dollar college and I'm a YouTuber, dude. I get it. It's, it was a scary jump, right? Yeah. You know, this whole thing and then you move over here. It's, it's, um, it's a tough move and Sounds like it's the right move. Regina, if you if you hate this marketing coordinator position, could you leave two years from now and go be a senior marketer somewhere else and make 10, 15, 20 grand more? Maybe. I'm just scared because I've applied to like 30 places and this nonprofit's the only one who's given me a chance. Well, do you have I'm marketing experience right now? I have about a year or two under my belt, but it's nothing corporate level or, you know, it's for a university. I mean, it's pretty big, but... I say if you're excited about it, you go for it. And if you can live on $400 less than you are now because you're following this plan, 
you're going to have some bigger upside on the back end. I started here as a marketing coordinator, you know, nine years ago, and uh, there's growth. If you're crushing it, they're going to go, hey, we want to put you in this position, in this position. And if there's not growth, you can leave. That's right. It may not be the last job you ever have, and that's okay. I promise you it won't be the last job you ever have. Okay, I have one more rebuttal, and then you guys can fight me Ooh, for it. Ooh, I love so, a rebuttal. Right, bring um, it back. So, sorry, sorry. So, I've always had two jobs. Like, I just finished my MBA. I went to school full-time. I had a full-time job, and I had a part-time job. So, I'm super used to being super busy. Now, I only have this full-time job. So, I don't feel secure not having, I guess, a second job that well, do you I have truly debt? like. I'm sorry? Do you have any debt? I do. I have my grad school and my credit cards, which I'm also, I'm following the baby steps. So, I mean... I'm doing that, you know. It's just, I guess, the whole career. Regina, Regina, Regina. Not having a job. Regina. Yes. Just, just a fellow Texan to another Texan. You and I just having chips and queso, just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. What are you running from? Security. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, somebody told you that you're not enough. You're never going to have enough. That all the stuff comes crashing down on you. And you're. Um, your addiction is busy. Yeah. Probably that addiction. Is, <laughs> it's a little bit, it, your anxiety is about chaos. It's a little bit busy. And what you're doing is you're using busy, you're using achievement, you're using go, 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 go as a, uh, as Xanax, as a way to band-aid over just being present and still for a minute. Because when you're present and still, you got to look in the mirror. Yeah. And for some reason, you don't like Regina that much. Or you think you'll like her more if she gets this degree from this place at this cost and then gets this job and makes this much money. And what I'll promise you is the great the great tragedy of MBA programs is they don't tell you this one fundamental truth. No matter what job you get, no matter what salary you can negotiate for, you go with you everywhere. Yeah. And the world is littered with people who were vice presidents and had fancy cars in 5,000 square foot houses and they imploded everything. Mm-hmm. And so a great move for you professionally and personally is to take a job that you love that is going to be oh, a job that's going to teach you things at a much slower pace and you can use this time to heal and get well and figure out what comes next. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want you to start it's getting... like my therapist. <laughs> uh, ta-da. I want you to start getting curious about your body trying to protect you. Every time it starts to get that angsty feeling... That Saturday morning at 10 a.m. feeling, you know what I'm talking about? That I should be doing, I should be doing, I should be doing? Yeah. Ask yourself quietly with a smile on your face, what's my body trying to protect me from? What about me? What about this moment isn't safe? And you need to answer those questions because when you make peace with those questions, you can work anywhere for any amount of money. And then when you can work anywhere for any amount of money, people really want to hire you. They come after you then. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Regina, I heard you say multiple yeah. times, well, I'm used to having the second job. I'm used to, I'm used to, that doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean <laughs> exactly. it's normal. Yeah. And so no, let's find a new normal. I just had one job, I felt so stressed out. Like I felt so, I feel like I was getting depressed. You felt lazy? Like, yeah, you, you didn't feel yeah. stressed out. You felt worthless. You felt lazy. Yeah. And that's a lie. I want to get to the point where Regina can just sit with Regina and not feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not being enough. My friends that work with professional athletes tell me getting a, a professional athlete into the gym isn't the hard part. Teaching them the benefits and the power and the critical importance of rest and 
so I want you to look at rest as a skill. I want you to look at peace <laughs> as a skill. It's something you got to practice because you don't know how to do it. Yep, need to learn that. Right. So hey, all we do, we're going to practice it. We're not going to beat ourselves up about it. We're not a we're not a, a leadership failure. We don't have character issues. No, we, it's, it's a skill. My guess is you and I could talk for a long time, and you've been running hot yeah. since you were a little kid. And those same those same things that kept you safe as a kid, kept you alive as a kid, um, are the things that are going to burn you out as an adult. So all that means is you got to learn some new skills. And we say this, I say it all the time, and probably too much, but I'm going to keep saying it. You're worth being well, and you're worth peace, and you're worth falling asleep at night without medication, and you're worth getting up in the morning and drinking coffee because you want to, not because you have to. And you're worth only working one job sometimes. You're worth peace. We'll be right back. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. This is the Ramsey Show. Let's go out to John in Bakersfield, California. What's up, John? Hi, how's it going? Excellent, brother. What's up? Uh, so, just a little background. I've been with my uh, girlfriend here for a while. We're both in our thirties. Um, no debt, no kids. Um, um, we both make good money. I make about ninety a year. She makes about one thirty. Um, so we each own our own house right now. We'll probably get engaged here very soon. And uh, we've talked about when we do get married, we're going to move into her house. Um, I like her house a little better. She's been there longer than I have. Well done. Kind of done everything to set it up. <clears throat> she thinks when I move in, she'd like to keep my house as a rental property. Um, I could probably net about 800 to to $1,000 a month on it. Although with what I already have into the house and how the market is, and I've lived in it for over two years, so as far as I understand, I wouldn't pay any capital gains tax. Um, I could probably get about two hundred grand just straight out of it. So just kind of wondering your opinion on which would be the smarter route. What's the house worth? My house I bought for three twenty just over a little over two years ago. I have about eighty into it for my down payment and the principal I've paid down. And now it's selling, uh, you know, just with other sales around it. And I've looked it up on Zillow for about four forty, four fifty. Okay. And she's got a mortgage on her place. Yeah, she's lived in her place for ten years. She got it for a great deal back in the day. Hers is worth more than double what it is now. But uh, and my thinking is, if I get that two hundred grand out, I've driven my car for the last eight years. I'm going to need a new one. I could buy that in cash. I could pay off the car she just got in cash and even pay off her, you know, our mortgage in her house and we'd be living free. Yeah, I like John's plan more because, number one, you won't have two mortgages to keep up with. And you're not starting off yeah. your marriage as a landlord trying to get your 800 bucks a month while you're probably spending 800 bucks a month to keep this thing afloat. Yes, yeah, with all the other things I would build on. And plus, I'd, I haven't had a car payment for the last eight years. I don't want one. My car's on its last legs. Like, uh, I'd love to just buy my car in cash, pay off the extra 15 that hers is in cash. And even if not paying off her mortgage, I figure 
whenever the market starts to slow down again or something, I could still have another hundred and something in the bank to go out and get another one or two properties in the future. Okay, hold on, real quick. You said you don't want to go into debt. That's like getting married and being like, I don't want to cheat on you. Just don't. Never do it. Okay? Just don't ever go into yeah. debt, right? Um, I, I'm with George, man. Sell the, sell your rental property. Pay your wife's house off. And she might be upset going, well, we could be making 9000 a year off this thing. Yeah, and it could also be adding a whole lot of stress, and it could cost you ten grand a year. And so I think you having a real conversation, go on a date and say, hey, I think this is going to set us up so well in the future. We can pay down the mortgage. We won't have any debt. It's going to give us so much more options, and I want to pay off our mortgage. And then one day, we're going to do a rental that's ours together, and we're going to do it with cash. And quick math, what is your uh, what do you pay in, um, what's your mortgage every month? Uh, just under sixteen. So if you don't have that mortgage anymore, is that like uh, having some money in the house? You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I could, I could obviously like for the way the rentals are going around here, I could get somebody in it for around probably twenty five or twenty six. They play if they pay a month. Oh, uh, I thought you said eight hundred to a thousand. Yeah, I was saying the opposite there. But all I have to say is, you're yeah, sell sell your house, sell it, be debt free, start okay. your marriage. No, we, I meant eight hundred to a thousand, as in I could get that out of it every single month. Like I profit. pay sixteen, yeah, profit every month. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the extra ten grand is going to change your life. I think what will change your life is selling it, being completely debt free, being able to throw some at her mortgage, and you guys have a head start on this amazing new marriage. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I'm just more excited about that, just on an emotional level. Yes. On as, top of that, as two guys who are married and who don't own any credit card companies, it's a pretty awesome way to deal with a uh, marriage disagreement, not also being pressured by Bank of America. Let's go to uh, Mike in Scranton. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How you doing? Nice to talk to you. You too. What's up, man? Hey, uh, I got a question. Almost when the last call I just mentioned about a vehicle. Uh, I'm just curious whether I should or could be able to buy another used vehicle. I'm driving a hoopty, quote, that Dave says for the last, you know, seven years. It's a minivan. It's almost 20 years old, over 200,000 miles on it. Nickel and dime in me, and, you know, my two kids are teenagers now, so it's not cool anymore. (laughs) But it still runs, you know, but I take it to the, you know, garage. Like, it seems like every other month to get something fixed and repaired. And I just, you know, just got out of the garage because my window was broken. Hold on. So, you're you're giving me a very emotional plea to a math problem. Okay. So. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. Can you afford the car? I'm glad you're on the phone, John, because (laughs) I have trouble trying to separate my money well like, you I hate like the car save money but i'm afraid to give it up <laughs> you hate the car good deal can you afford it what's that like what i'm looking for yeah can you go buy another car how much money do you have right now in savings uh, well i was looking to spend maybe at least fifteen thousand, uh, you know to for to buy another vehicle but you know in my area here I'm trying to find something that's a little for that price or less with low mileage like at least a hundred the hundred and thirty thousand miles. Dude, you, you know, you're looking. Yours at has two hundred thousand. A hundred thousand is low mileage to you. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I know that's why I'm trying. I'm trying to find something with around. You can find to something for fifteen thousand dollars that doesn't have two hundred thousand miles. But hey, Come do, on. do you have the money? That's the question. Do you have fifteen k? Yeah, I have the money. Yes, I have the money. But uh, hold on, do you have a lot more money? I I have. Yeah, I have money saved up, and that's another issue. But. I also have a disabled son, so I, you know the reason we have a van was two like, kids, and then my son is in a wheelchair, so I need I can't just go buy like a like a, a 
small car. I need to have something that I could put, you know, like a mini small uh, SUV type of vehicle. Okay, sure. let, you know, let, let me let me SUV, but let me press you a little bit. Um, you've had to deal with some hard stuff, haven't you? Yes, and that, my wife also passed away too from cancer about six years ago. So I'm okay. single dad too. So so you've you when I say you've done hard stuff, you have done hard stuff, right? And right. you also know what the, better than most of us that things can get really sideways real fast, right? True. Is your response, because mine is very similar, is your response to things can get sideways very fast, um, being really tight with your money? Is that a coping strategy? Here's what I'm asking you. Can you go buy a $50,000 van that's relatively nice, relatively new, that would take care of your son's needs and that is going to... No, I, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. You wouldn't? I, no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, say, I mean, I probably, I have the cash and the savings, but I wouldn't want to do that because it's just too much money, you know, just based off of Dave's theory. So, you know, I'm, How much do you so, make a year? Like around 65, 70. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, so... I, I would challenge you to... Like, man, I just hear myself in you. Um, I don't have my, I don't have a, a child with special needs, but I also have X number of dollars in the bank, and I still think I bet I could get a car for five thousand bucks. And at some point, it takes somebody walking alongside me asking me, "Hey, what are you trying to prove? Is it a scarcity thing? Is it a fear thing? Because you got the money to get something nicer um, that is going to be a more of a blessing for you and your family than buying a fifteen thousand dollar car and just holding your breath until." You got to sell it, right? And it just doesn't sound like you're in fifteen thousand dollar car territory right now. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. And you're talking to a guy that drives an '06 with almost two hundred thousand miles on it. Like, so I'm not. I'm not a new <laughs> yeah, car I got, guy. I got an '02 and an '04. So. There you go. Uh-huh. So this is old car guy to older car guy. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you've got the money and um, you're not going to be doing something irresponsible, which I don't hear that at all. I want to challenge you to give yourself a little grace here, okay? Well, that's another. Yeah. Well, I have the money, but I have no, that, that's another phone call to to Dave or you guys ask about what should I do with that money? Because right now, I just I sold some property to get some of that money, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I it's just in my savings account. So I'm like, I, I, I guess I wait till the tax season because I'm not sure if I'm going to get hit with the capital gains on that or not. I actually sold it for a little less than what I paid for it, so I'm not too sure but you know i don't know how to i'd rather put that money somewhere into investments like you know you guys recommend but right now it, i have it so well let's start with the short-term goal which is get a better car and if you can get a 20 grand car that'll get you a 2015 instead of a 2012 but dude you work hard you've been busting it it's time you've been through a lot and call uh, one of our tax pros go to um RamseySolutions.com and check out one of our smart investor pros and our tax professionals and they will get you lined up with the information because what you need right now brother is some information so you can have some peace this is the Ramsey Show we'll be back soon do you love a good Dave rant want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.